Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening to you. We welcome you to this wonderful Wednesday night service. For all of you that are here in the room, those of you watching my live stream, we welcome you. And most of all, we welcome the Holy Spirit into our presence here to move and to do everything he wants to do. We're hungry for him tonight. And those that hunger and thirst after righteousness most definitely shall be filled. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. We magnify the name of Jesus tonight. You're good, Lord. You're so good. Hallelujah. There is nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Hallelujah. Your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone thank you lord your
your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the desire to do in us and through us get done everything that you want to get done according to your purpose and according to your great plan we honor you and we acknowledge you tonight the one who loved us the one who gave himself for us the one who truly is the God of miracles we honor you tonight Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
just when Jesus was on the earth. It's not just when there were apostles and uh, the, the early church walking the earth, but right here today in this time, he still is and always will be 
He can't stop being who he is. He is who he is. This is who he is. He's a God of miracles. Find somebody close by before you take your seat tonight. And tell him he is a God of miracles. truly is. Amen. Hallelujah. Glad to have everybody here tonight. Are you glad to be here? If you got any late afternoon, early evening sleepies, shake it off. We don't got time to sleep right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to have a time in the word and a time with the spirit of God tonight. And uh, we're ready for everything he's got. I bring greetings to all of you on behalf of Pastor John and uh, Miss Anita, who are still spending their last few uh, days in the, uh, on the West Coast, getting to enjoy their beautiful grandson. And uh, they'll be back here in a few days, and they'll be with us Sunday morning. And so we're definitely looking, uh, looking forward to having them back. And uh, we believe they're coming back refreshed and ready to roll and with lots of pictures of course uh they, they couldn't help but already do some postings and uh beautiful little baby boy and we thank god and rejoice with them over this uh next chapter in their life and uh thank god for all his goodness amen he just never stops being good you gotta know that's just who he is it's the way he operates if you want to know god's mo that's it right there he's good he loves and he's good. Hallelujah. It's what he's like. And, and, uh, and, and I, I'll tell you, the, the, more, the, the more you hang out with him, the more you experience him, the more stories you have to tell about his goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep in mind everything that's going on around the house. Uh, if you've uh, not been keeping up with uh, announcements and, and you'd like to be on our uh, uh, email list where our announcements are going out by email every Friday. You don't have to wait to, to Sunday to find out what's going on. Uh, on Fridays, we've got uh, an email uh, that goes out with uh, all the details of what's going on and what you need to know. And if you're not on that list, you can go ahead and uh, drop your email to the office and just uh, ask to get on that list. It'd be really easy to do and we'd be glad to get you there. So if you're not there yet, that's a good way to just keep posted of what's going on around the house and there's some good things up ahead we don't want you to miss a thing amen praise god all right well y'all ready for some word tonight hallelujah well we're going to go ahead and dig in once again into our topic that we started last wednesday and uh, on these two nights when uh, pastor john is out we're, we're covering the subject of being led by the spirit it takes more than two wednesday nights to get the job done but we're giving you an overview of some things, and I, my prayer is that it can be uh, very, very helpful and beneficial to, to you because I got to tell you, you cannot underestimate this in any way. I believe you'll see that even more as we get into it tonight. Uh, this definitely is a matter of life and death. You know, whether you're on the right track, on the, on the picking up the right signal or not, whether you're, uh, uh, whether you're doing it or not, 
uh, it, it just greatly, greatly affects your life. Uh, it'll affect your life either for the good if you do it or for the, for the negative if you don't do it. But I got to tell you, I want to I wanna be a doer, not just a doer of the written word, but I want to be a doer of every word and every direction that the Spirit of God inside of me is prompting me to do. Are you with me on that? Amen. One of my brothers, can, can one of y'all get me some water? Because I know I'm going to need some before the night's out. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and do a little review of what we hit last week because I don't want you to um, go ahead and uh, uh, miss that. Of course, thank God we've got a live stream podcast and ways that you can tune in. And by the way, on the website, and I, I already turned this into Mike, our media director today, we've got the notes for tonight and the notes for last week. Thorough notes right out there. But there's a bonus for tonight because I'm not going to have time to do it in the, in the context of the message. But I want to let you know that at the end, uh, maybe the last three pages of those notes for tonight, if you go on the website, you will see uh, a section about uh, should I listen to uh, every prophetic word that is given to me? How many of you have ever come across somebody who has given you a word and said, this is a word from God for you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you, if they have, you'd be wise not just to go ahead and swallow it as is. Because the Bible gives us some, some indicators of what to do. One, one of the main ones, 1 Thessalonians 5, says, don't despise prophesying, but test all things and hold fast that which is good which means you don't just go ahead and throw it out. You don't despise it because, you know, that, that's definitely a way that God speaks and a way that God confirms. But you test things. You don't just go ahead and swallow it because somebody said it. So, so what, what I've done, and it was really, really a, a fascinating study. Um, I went through a particular instance in the Apostle Paul's life, whether he should go to Jerusalem or not. Because in his heart, he had it that he needed to go. But then along the way, he had some people coming up telling him that he shouldn't be going. Well, who's right and who's wrong? Well, I'll tell you, what we did is we just kind of blazed the trail. And uh, from the beginning to the end of that, uh, we, we, we addressed that particular issue regarding uh, prophetic words and uh, what to do when you get them. And, and we look at how Paul handled things, where, where if Paul had something that God laid on his heart to do and somebody said to him that he should do otherwise, he went with what God originally put in his heart to do. And so the last three pages of tonight's notes, that's right there available on the website. And so that's a nice little bonus for you uh, because we're just not going to have time to hit it tonight. But a little review of last week. Uh, first of all, how does God uh, lead us? How should we expect him to lead us? Well, the Bible says that the spirit bears witness with our spirit, that we're children of God. Uh, you know, there's something about the witness of the spirit inside of us. Well, where, 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 you know, like if, if somebody was a, a witness to an accident, it was somebody who's been there and saw it. And so therefore they can describe it to you. But, but the thing is that the wonderful thing about having the Holy Spirit as a witness is that the Holy Spirit is God himself. 
the Holy Spirit is the third, uh, uh, the, the, the third member of the Godhead and therefore time is no issue to him. Not eternity past and not eternity future. So the thing about him being God is that he's already been a witness to things in your future. Well, how can you be a witness to things that haven't happened yet? That's why he's God. So he's been there. He can be a witness of something that has not happened yet and go ahead and tell you about it, give you a heads up. That's why Jesus said that he'll show you things to come because he's already been there in time. He knows what's up ahead. He knows what's coming your way. So therefore, he is qualified to be able to lead you and to lead you into all truth and to lead you into a path that is safe rather than dangerous because he's already been there and he knows what is what. Hallelujah. So this spirit, the, 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 this witness of the spirit is not a big booming voice. It's more of a, a gentle nudge or prompting inside. Uh, sometimes you just know something and you're not quite sure how you know it, but you just know it. Praise God. We talked about the, the, the verse in Proverbs uh, twenty twenty seven that says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And we saw that God is the fire and your spirit is the candle and he lights the candle so we can see where we're going. God is the fire and your spirit is the candle and he lights the candle so you can see where you're going. We talked about the issue of, I thought it was just me. Uh, you know, so many times when looking back and, and realizing a, a prompting or a leading we had inside of us, we might have dismissed this and, and thought it was last night's pizza or whatever the case might be, but it was really a genuine prompting of the Spirit of God. And we realized after the fact, oh, I should have listened to that. That would have saved me some trouble. Well, I got to tell you, as, as you go on and you walk with God, get skilled at these things. Learn what he sounds like. And one thing we emphasized last week, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit sounds like, know what the Word sounds like, because he is the author of the book. And him being the author of the book, if you know what the book sounds like, then you know what he sounds like. So therefore, anything that you pick up in here, anything that you hear in here, you can judge it. You can judge it whether it was just a passing thought or you know, just a crazy idea. Or wait a minute, that sounds like him because it's the same voice that, 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 uh, that you hear in Matthew and Mark. It's the same voice that you hear in Psalms and Proverbs. It's the same voice you hear in Jude and Revelation. It's him. So when you know the word, you're getting to know his voice and knowing his voice through the word equips you to be able to recognize his voice when he's speaking to you personally. Amen. And we talked about several other things more than we got time to go over right now. So I would encourage you take the time to go ahead and uh, um, if, if you've not heard last week, definitely get into it because it really lays the foundation for some of the things that we're going to get into tonight. Amen. And uh, well, one of the things I really want to emphasize to you tonight is a, a theme. Uh, the theme is this, that when God leads you, it can be supernatural even when it's not spectacular. It may not be, woo, 
but it can still be him. It may not come across in what looks like a real fancy package, but it's still him. And uh, first of all, as we get into this tonight and, and really kind of dive into what the, the Spirit's witness is like uh, inside of us and look at examples of it in the Word, it's interesting, uh, there, there's this one term that seems to have popped up uh, uh, mostly in the writings of Luke. And Luke wrote both the gospel that bears his name and the book of Acts. And, and it, it's this little term that, that goes like this. It seemed good. It seemed good. Which you might think that's not as flashy as, oh, I saw the heavens open and I saw a bright and shining light huh, coming out the sky. Hey! <laughs> that would be more spectacular. But we're talking about some things that are more subtle. Things that, that, that if you're not looking for them and if you're not aware of them, you could miss. But yet are no less supernatural are no less God or no less the leading of God in your life. So one might think that the leading for Luke to write his gospel would have been real showy. You know that that he heard angels singing and just do all right my son you are to write down pick up that that feather quill and and go ahead and and start writing everything that you have been informed about regarding the life of Jesus. But Luke, in his own words, does not describe it that way. We're going to look at the very beginning of Luke's gospel, and Luke wrote both his gospel and the book of Acts to this guy named Theophilus. And, and I, I love the name because Theophilus means lover of God. How many of you qualifies one of those tonight yeah i'm a lover of god amen uh so luke wrote to this guy and i want to look at the the wording in the very beginning of his gospel as he's giving theophilus an introduction of what he's writing and why he's writing it so this is luke one starting with one inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. Why did he do this? Why did he write it? Because it seemed good it's interesting in the amplified classic it says that it seemed good and desirable to me and so i have determined it just seemed good it just seemed right he did not have a vision or flash in the sky he just had something inside that just seemed good it seemed like it was the right thing to do and he did it and so through something as simple as a seems good, we today have been blessed all our lives by the gospel of Luke. You know, 
that there's no other gospel writer that recorded the parable of the prodigal son. There's no other gospel writer who recorded the, the parable of the good Samaritan. And how much those are ingrained in our thoughts, how much those are even ingrained in society where even people that ain't very churchy might have heard of those things. And how did that come? That came through a guy who said, it just seems like I need to write these things down. Pretty amazing. Don't ever underestimate the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. God used the simple witness of the Spirit to let Luke know that he should write that gospel. Uh, while we're in Luke, let's take a, uh, take a look at a few instances in the early life of Jesus of how some people just showed up at the right time. This is Luke 2. And uh, we're, we're going to look at uh, uh, what happened with a man named uh, Simeon. Verse 25 says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, that means he took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are uh, letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now the beginning of verse 27, if you backtrack for a minute, says, so he came by the Spirit into the temple. Uh, just to give you a, a little different flavor of that statement and, and some other Bible translations, the Amplified Classic says that he was prompted by the Spirit. Uh, the J.B. Phillips translation of the New Testament, he had been led by the Spirit to go into the temple. The NIV says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now, Think about how important it was for him to obey that prompting when he was moved by the Spirit to go. Because you see, some people might read that and say, moved by the Spirit, and they get this real religious kind of picture of the Spirit picking them up and putting them there. No, that's not what happened. The Spirit moved him, alerted him, prompted him, yeah, you need to go to the temple, and you need to go to the temple right now. You know, how, how many of you, uh, uh, well, be, before I ask that question, let, let, let me just say that I've experienced this even more so in recent times where I've been able to discern uh, when, when the Lord's prompting me to do something sometime soon and when he's saying, you best do it right now. You know, especially being in the ministry, you know, since sometimes you, uh, you, you know, the, the, the need to be there for people. Sometimes when you're ministering to someone who's uh, elderly, advanced in their years, and, and, and you don't naturally know when's going to be the last time that you have to go and, and, and visit with somebody. But the Holy Spirit knows these things. And, you know, there's been... Lots of times where there's just been something that said, go visit somebody. And it's like, all right, I will. Or check on somebody. But when the Lord says, 
when there's that extra something to it, you know, when, when there's that, that extra uh, burning and yearning to it, you know you got to stop, drop, and do it now. And I got there, there's so many times that I can remember, three or four right off the top of my head, whereby listening to that prompting, when I went and visited somebody, within a matter of hours or a day, they were gone. I mean, gone from this side and on the other side. And, you know, having that one last opportunity on this side to be able to converse with them, to be able to encourage them, to, to, to be able to pray with them, meant a whole lot to them. I mean, obviously not as much as seeing Jesus face to face. But all the way up until the last minute, God cares about what people care about here. And he cares enough to be able to prompt somebody and prompt somebody, you know, you know, if you got some time, a gentle nudge. But if you don't got the time, get over there now. You know, it just comes across that way inside. It's urgent. God is really alerting me something. This is time sensitive. And you stop, drop, and I tell you, more often than not, the, the, I, I, I'm amazed at those times and how pinpoint accurate the Holy Spirit was. That wasn't me just good guessing. That wasn't me having good timing. No, that, that, that was a matter of the Holy Spirit giving direction and, and just listening to the Holy Spirit's direction and not just the what to do, but also the when he said to do it. Praise the Lord. If I had my hanky tonight, I'd wave it at you. All right. So, so we, we, we see Simeon coming into the temple. He was prompted by the Spirit. And the very moment he was prompted by the Spirit to do it, who was there? Joseph and Mary coming in with baby Jesus. And God's promise to him was fulfilled right there. He got to see the Lord's Christ with his very own eyes. Right there in the same incident, look at verse 36, same chapter. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, verse 37. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So she's just hanging out at the temple all the time. But the temple's a big place. Next verse. And coming in that instant. Coming in that instant. She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. This praying woman, by uh, uh, obviously by a leading of the Lord, because this did not just happen by coincidence was at the right place at the right time, saw Jesus, witnessed uh, Simeon uh, uh, prophesying to, to Mary, as is recorded right here in this chapter, came in at that very instant. The scripture even says that, that she came up at this very moment. The, the message Bible says, at the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up. Not by accident, not by coincidence. A praying woman was tuned in to God and just knew, I don't know why, somehow I need to go over to this particular area of the temple 
And as she went to that particular area of the temple, she had the opportunity with her own eyes to witness and behold Jesus the Messiah. Hallelujah. Now, this idea of just having a prompting or as Luke originated the term, it just seemed good. Well, we're going to look at how important it seemed good was. Uh, well, we know it was important because obviously it resulted in one of the gospels being written. But we're also going to see that regarding some major church issues in, in the uh, uh, in the early church, this idea of it seemed good was very helpful in solving uh, a problem or a dilemma that the church had. Acts fifteen verse one and two. It's going to go ahead and uh, describe what this dilemma was. Uh, verse 1 says, A certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, that means if they didn't have a small dissension, they had a big dissension over it, and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So they were going to Jerusalem to resolve this. Do Gentiles need to be circumcised in order to be saved? Or can anybody from any background come to Jesus and be saved even if they're not very Jewish-like, even if they are uncircumcised and had pork chops for dinner last night. Now, let's look at verse 22. And we're, we're taking an overview. So they got together with, with the apostles and says, then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who also was named Barsabas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. So, so the idea of doing this, of sending uh, uh, Judas, uh, also known as Barsabas, Silas, along with Paul and Barnabas, to deliver the, uh, shall we say, the the uh, the minutes of the meeting, as the the elders, the apostles, uh, got together and settled on uh, on on the stance regarding that, they did not just go ahead and put their heads together regarding that. They 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 actually were led by the Spirit regarding that. It's interesting that this verse here. And the Young's literal translation, rather than using the word "pleased," it says, "Then it seemed." good to the apostles and the elders with the whole assembly to go ahead and send these guys to Antioch. So that idea pleased them. Uh, in Young's little translation, it uses that same line that, that we heard back in Luke. It seemed good. Now, let's go ahead and on throughout the rest of the chapter. Let's look at verse 25. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord 
to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Now, check out verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So this idea of that seemed good, seemed good, seemed good, uh, if you wonder, well, how do you know that's really has anything to do with the leading of the Lord? Well, you don't have any more doubt about it now because they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So they're, they're just going by the witness of the Spirit. They're going by promptings. They're going by the things that they just have a sense of, of that this is right, a sense of peace on the inside about something, a sense that, yep, this is it. A knowing in their knower, a seeming in their seamer. <laughs> and they're, they're realizing the, that, that it's not just them having a warm fuzzy about something. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So we see this being a very simple, a very non-flashy way of the church being led, of Luke being led regarding the writing of his own gospel, but here regarding uh, what was one of the biggest issues that needed to be resolved in the early church because, you know, at least at the book of Acts records, they didn't have to go ahead and have a big old meeting back in Jerusalem regarding any other issue, but they had to have a big old meeting about this issue. And how was that resolved and how was it clarified? It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and it seemed good to us. Hallelujah. Now, while here in the same chapter, there's another little nugget I want you to get. Let's start with verse 30 now. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. The letter being what the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem had settled on regarding uh, the Gentiles and, and what God expected uh, of the Gentiles. Now, uh, verse 31, when they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now, Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. So they were sent back, but then verse 34. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. <laughs> All right, the job is done, the letter's delivered. All the brothers are encouraged. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, Silas and Judas, yep, time to go back to Jerusalem and send our love to the apostles when you get there. And about to go. But Silas said, mm, no, it's not time to go yet. It seemed good that I should stay here for a while. I wonder why. You think Silas just knew why at that moment? I guarantee you he didn't. 
I guarantee you he didn't. But he went with what he had inside. It seemed good to Silas to remain there. Now, what happened after that was that Paul and his traveling partner Barnabas got into a moment of heated fellowship about something. Because Barnabas wanted to take one of his family members, Mark, John Mark, you know, he's called by both names in the scripture, uh, on the missionary trip with him. But Paul wasn't favorable to that. Paul's reason for that was the last time we took Mark, he jumped ship and ran home. So I want to go ahead and have him coming here because he proved himself not to be faithful and reliable. But Barnabas was pushing the issue. So what happened is that they got to the point where they had to have a parting of ways, you know. They still loved each other, but, but, but you know, uh, the words of Amos 3, verse 3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And, uh, you know, they, they, they felt that they needed to go ahead and part ways. They were preaching the same gospel, loved each other, but, but they, they parted ways from each other. Now, uh, verse, uh, skip verse 39 and go to verse 40. So this is after all of that. Who did Paul choose to go with him? Paul chose Silas and departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now think about this. In order for Paul to have the opportunity to choose Silas, Silas had to be there. And in order for Silas to be there, he had to go ahead and have that moment of it seemed good to hang around and stay here for a while. Because following the leading of the Spirit of God, no matter how subtle it seems, will have you in the right place at the right time with the right people. Glory to God forever. That is just amazing. Silas was hooked up with Paul. That's before Acts 16 when they were having church in the jailhouse at midnight singing praises to God and just prayed down an earthquake. Before that happened, before that spectacular moment that we love to read about in Acts 16 is this moment in Acts 15 where you got Silas saying, it just seems good for me to stay here for a while. Didn't know that there was going to go ahead, that Paul was going to need another traveling companion. And yet the Holy Ghost set him up to be the very one who could go ahead on and travel with Paul and continue that ministry that was already started and uh, had much more to do. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Now, by Silas's sensitivity to remain there, he was right where he needed to be. So I say to you tonight, be obedient. Even when you don't see the connection. You know, Silas could have said, stay here. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, everything I've been doing, I've, I've had a successful ministry. You know, the Bible clearly identified him and Judas as prophets. You know, having a wonderful ministry back in Jerusalem, what am I staying here for? So at the moment that you get a prompting, you may not know why. You may, you, you, are, very often you won't know why. Very often you don't connect all the dots right away. 
But rather than Silas saying, well, why stay and reason himself out of it, he just listened and was sensitive to the prompting of the Spirit of God and was in the right place at the right time. Let me tell you a story in my own life. Uh, years back now, um, th- this particular instance probably happened 19 years ago, um, just prior to a time where I had taken a sabbatical from ministry here at the church. And it was a time in my life where I was uh, praying regarding uh, uh, employment. You know, I, I just just needed uh, some extra part-time employment. I had come into the sanctuary one day and just prayed about it. Just talked to God about it for for two hours and just wanted to just have something to go on, anything to go on, you know. And it got to the end, and you know what? I just had one thing in my spirit, one thing, that seemed absolutely, totally unrelated to anything. Why don't you go ahead and call this guy and check up and see how he's doing? (laughs) Yeah? And I said to the Lord, what does that have to do with anything? So I'm trying to argue myself out of a blessing there but I just went and did it and with that particular phone call and as I mentioned I was about at that time to to go on a sabbatical from ministry that lasted a little more than a year and a half from that one phone call uh, that set me up with a an immediate part-time job that turned into a full-time job that led to the next full-time job. And after that was done, you know where I was? I was back here again. The sabbatical was over, back here working in the ministry again. And so that one thing that seemed unrelated to anything, call this guy and check up on him. See how he's doing. But from that one phone call, just like that, God set me up for all the employment that I needed till I was all the way through that period of time and back working in the ministry again. You just can't make this stuff up. But at the moment, it didn't seem like it was related to anything. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I really did say that to the Lord. I said, what does that have to do with anything? How silly we are. Oh, Lord. Now, there's times when something does not seem good. Have you ever had a moment like that before in your life? Oh, Lordy. Where something did not seem good, you know? I mean, uh, going back uh, about 30 years ago, uh, a church that I was affiliated with at the time prior to coming here, um, it, it, uh, you, there was a sense that something quite didn't seem right. And it came to be, you know, when you know something is on the inside and, and, and you know something's not right, you got to trust that leading. And it came to be. So actually, uh, uh, about 
maybe a month or a month and a half, not very long after I was uh, already out of that particular situation and had just recently joined the staff here at FCC. It was very, very clear and very, very obvious what that nagging something was that I had on the inside because a whole lot of stuff came to the surface. But the Holy Spirit knew about it long before it came to the surface. And, and, and the Holy Spirit warned not just me, but other people involved. And, and, you know, just had a sense something ain't right. Can't quite exactly put my finger on it. I mean, I, I see a sign of something here and a sign of something there. But, but the whole thing underneath it is bigger than that. And, and I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit, pinpoint accuracy. Amazing how accurate he is. You know, there was a point in my life where, where I got into a relationship that I had no peace about. And I got to tell you, family, can we talk tonight? When you got no peace about doing something, you don't override that and think it's going to get better. Because overriding it don't make it better. Overriding it just makes it worse, worse of a mess than it already would have been. I got to tell you, when you got something inside that says, no, not quite. This mentor of mine years back said, if it's not quite, it's not right. <laughs> if it's just about, throw it out. Don't, don't, don't go with this stuff of, you know, almost, well, could be, maybe. No, 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 no. Uh, if, if you don't have peace, you don't go there. If you don't have a, a if you've got a red light, if you don't have a clear green from God on something, I'll tell you, you don't run red lights. You run red lights, what are you going to do? You're going to crash somebody. So let me be somebody with some uh, word for you tonight. And with some hard knocks on my head tonight to be able to say, hey, don't go there. The bridge is out. If the light's red, don't run the red light. If you don't have peace, don't violate that sense in your spirit. If you don't have peace, there's no peace there for a reason. And I got to tell you, I can't emphasize that enough. Because God wants to save you a whole lot of unnecessary headaches in your life. Thank you, Lord. But you see, there's times when it didn't seem good, but there's times when it did seem good. You know, I can remember points in my life. I remember the first time uh, between my junior and senior year in high school, one Saturday afternoon, I just went to the uh, campus of the Bible school that I uh, eventually ad attended, just got out the car and looked around. And you know what? It seemed good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed good. Something was right on the inside about it. I remember uh, uh, 1993, Pastor Sam Smith, who was a senior pastor of FCC at the time, asked me to come join the staff. And when he did, yeah, it seemed good. It, it, uh, it, it's interesting because at, at that point, I, and, and of course I had referred to another church that I was part of at the time, but I knew that I was, I needed to, to, to move on and go somewhere else, but I did not have a clear leading and direction of the Lord on it. 
it's interesting that at that point in time, uh, uh, the Bible school that I had graduated from, Raymond Bible Training College, they, uh, uh, the, they had what's called ministerial opportunities. So you could go ahead and find out then in Beavertail, Iowa, or anywhere else in the world, you know, they, they need a, a youth pastor or, or senior pastor or an associate pastor or worship pastor, whatever the case is. Um, and th- this being the days before the Internet, I got a stack of about 500 pages. And there, there was details about uh, an, uh, a possible opportunity, about one per page. So 500 opportunities. And I remember taking one afternoon and just trying to be prayerful and sensitive to the Lord and going through them one at a time and, and you know, just trying to see, is, is there anything in here that seems good? And got through them all. Nope, nope, nope. And so got through the first 499, <laughs> got down to the last one. And I said, well, surely this one has to be it. And I looked at that. I said, no, it ain't that either. But then within a short period of time, God was setting something up that I didn't know was being set up. God was doing something behind the scenes that I didn't know what was going on. And when Pastor Sam asked me to join the staff here, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. You ever have bells ring inside of you? The moment you know, yep, that's it, that's it, that's it. Well, I had that moment and I knew it was it. Praise God. Whoa, talk about having uh, an amazing peace inside of you. Let me tell you how peaceful I was during the time of my courtship to my bride. Lordy, lordy, lordy. When, when, when you know what it's like to run a red light, but then when you know you got a green light, oh, that green light feels good, praise the Lord. And I'll tell you, talk about peace. You know, I, I hate to say it this way, understand what I mean. I'm not diminishing praying about things. That's the last thing I'm doing. But sometimes you can have so much peace that it almost felt like praying about it was a formality. It's like, man, there's just so much peace here. There's absolutely positively no doubt about this. I still didn't talk to the Lord about it. But, but I, you know, that ended up just putting more peace on top of the peace. <laughs> I mean, it was just so crystal clear. Hallelujah. And glory to God. We're soon to celebrate later this year, 15 years of heaven on earth. And then that, that came as a result of following after peace. Praise God. Let me hit you from this angle. We talk about that idea of it, it seems good, and we're going to get into peace a little bit more. But let's take a look at this first. What about the idea of uh, when I get something from the Lord, do I just, boom, jump into it? You know, take the, take the big plunge and you know, throw caution to the wind. Or can I go ahead and take some baby steps and say, all right, I still got peace. I still got peace. Let's take another step. Yep, we're still good. We're still good. Take another step. And then you get the, the buzzer inside up. It's, all right. Not quite good here. But it was good here. Something about taking baby steps. You don't have to go ahead and just throw caution to the wind and jump right out. 
you can go ahead and start taking steps in a certain direction while discerning what the Lord is leading you to do along the, the way. And, and, and you, you don't have to just be all or nothing. But, but by taking some baby steps, you can go ahead and, and really, in a sense, confirm that you're going in the right direction. Let's look at Acts 16. Now, Paul hooked up with Silas, and now they're on one of their missionary journeys. This is Acts 16, starting with verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So that was a did not seem good. And they had come to Mysia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Another one that did not seem right. So, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now this is just amazing, because you, you see, uh, uh, the, the, the Spirit said no to going to Asia. But then they, they were going to go ahead and uh, make an attempt to go to Bithynia. It said they tried to go to Bithynia. The, the old King James says they essayed to go there. You know, they, they started to make plans in that direction. They started moving in that direction. Or as they say in the South, they were fixing to go in that direction. <laughs> They're fixing to, uh, you know, that's kind of preparing to start thinking about, to getting ready, you know. <laughs> it could be a slow process. But, but the thing is, is that as they were trying, as they were assaying to go there, as they were taking some steps in that direction, it said the Spirit did not permit them. It said, mm, not it. So it's interesting that if you have a sense about a certain direction, or even if you want to go ahead and, and try it out or test it out, you can go ahead and take a step in a certain direction without totally committing to it. You can take the first step towards something, and yet at the same time, you're just being sensitive to the Lord and seeing if you still got peace. And okay, I got peace. Take another step. Oh, peace is still there. Take another step. Peace is still there. Take another step. Oh, no peace. And so what, what happens there, that doesn't necessarily mean at that point that the whole thing is off. That can often mean that the timing was off. You know, that you've done all you need to do right now. Go ahead, slow down. And when you need to go ahead and make a further step, I'll let you know. You see, this is, this is wisdom for life. The one who knows everything. You, you got to get this. The one who knows everything lives inside of you as a believer. And here you are trying to figure things out, banging yourself in the head, say, think, 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 think. And I don't discourage thinking, Lord, help us. Please think. God gave it to you so you could use it. But that does not trump the leading of the Spirit. Because there are times 
when the Holy Spirit will lead you in a way and you have peace about something that will make your head go tilt. So you think, use what God gave you. Don't waste the gray matter, somebody. You know, the Bible talks about the renewing and not the removing of your mind. Praise the Lord. But number one source for decision-making is not your mind. Number one source for decision-making must be your spirit. Because God knows things that you don't have any way of knowing. God just knows stuff. Praise the Lord. He knows stuff. I mean, you know, you, you, here's the thing. Even when it comes to practical details of life, we say, well, this is not a spiritual thing, so I really don't need God on this. But you know what? God will help you to know which one to buy if you need to buy something. You need to buy an appliance for your house, and you think, well, there's the one with, that, that's the best deal. So I'm going to go with that. And, and, and cheapest is not always cheapest. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you could go, you could have gone one route and had one that lasts 20 years. And then you wanted to go ahead and save half the money. But, but you bought four within that same period of 20 years. Where if you would have went in the direction that your heart was telling you to go to. Wow. You'd have been in a much better spot. You had something to last all those years. You, you, and uh, extra money that you ultimately had to spend anyway, you would not have spent. See, God's smart. I tell you, we can't just uh, put God in the church box and say, all right, Sunday's over, and now, 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 now I'm done with my spirit. Now, now I'm back in mind mode. No, you need to stay in spirit mode. Stay in spirit mode. Let the spirit of God lead you and direct you. God will get you deals that you can't imagine. God will hook you up to people. I mean, I've had people tell me stories and you think, no, it just can't be like that. It just couldn't have been like that. But just by being led and showing up at the right place at the right time, making the right phone call at the right time, I mean, God just knows how to hook you up. You need to keep in, involved in all of your stuff and not just the spiritual things. Have him involved in everything. You know, uh, one, one particular case, uh, I remember... Uh, uh, where, where my wife Angela is working right now, when that opportunity first came uh, along her way, it's just another position in the same company. But but we were praying about it. And uh, all right, so far we had peace. We took a baby step before we had to make the decision. Prayed a little bit more, peace. Prayed a little bit more, peace. So we definitely confirmed it wasn't pizza or it wasn't anything else. Every time we prayed about it, the sense that we got inside was consistent. And consistent peace is what you're looking for. So we, we had that consistent signal inside every time that, that we prayed. And actually, that was very, very helpful because along the way, there were some moments 
when my wife said, oh boy, what did I get myself into? We've all done that. <laughs> but, but you know what? One of the things that we went back to is we said, when we initially approached God about this, we had consistent peace. So we're not going to go ahead and forget about that now and throw that away now and say, whoops, must have missed it. Because no, when, you, when it's there consistently and when it's affirmed and reaffirmed over and over again, you know what's right. And you know what? That, that time of second guessing, we got to sail through. But the thing that was the stabilizing factor for us during that period of time was the fact that we sought God about it and we had a consistent leading on that that never changed and never deviated. So therefore, that was the foundation and that was the anchor that kept us tight and right during the time when you started saying, oh, what did I get myself into? But, but that served as an anchor. So let me tell you this. What not to be led by? Don't be led by money. Ooh, that'll burn you. That'll burn a hole in your pocket real fast. Don't be led by opportunity. Oh, I got, I got this great opportunity. You know, it's amazing. People go ahead and just take opportunities and uh, just say, well, I got this, and so I'm going to go for it. And they don't consult God about it whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I just don't get that. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The idea of acknowledging him in all your ways, well, that, that means if I'm going to go ahead and uh, have a bunch of people together and I want to go ahead and discuss something with everybody and I'm leaving one person out, that person would be able to say to me, why didn't you acknowledge me? Well, a lot of times God's the one at the table who's just saying that. Why didn't you acknowledge me? Because if you acknowledge me, I'm the one who would go ahead and direct your steps. I'm the fire who can light the candle so you can see where you're going. Come on now. So don't be led by opportunity. Don't be led by pressure. Family pressure. Peer pressure. Yep, you got to do this. Oh, you can't let this opportunity go. You got to seize the moment. It's now or never. I got to tell you, I have something inside of me where, where if I feel pressured, I just say, forget it. God, I don't work that way. Nobody is going to pressure me into having to make a decision right now. If I, if I can't go ahead and do it peacefully and do it on my terms, I'm not going to allow pressure to, to go ahead and lead me. That's not being led anyhow. That's more being driven than led. And definitely don't be led by fear. And don't be led by your flesh. Your flesh is crazy, just in case you haven't figured that out yet. Don't trust your flesh to lead you. But as we wrap up tonight, let's talk about being led by peace. This is so beautiful and so very significant. Peace. It's just really another way of saying the same thing that we've been saying tonight. The, the idea of it seem good. What does that seem good? That's peace. Isaiah 55. Verse 12, it says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. Be led out with peace. How are you going to get led? You're going to get led with peace. Hallelujah. 
Because do you know there's a way of peace? The Bible says in Romans 3, 17, that those who are not believers, that the way of peace they've not known. But there is a way of peace. (laughs) And God, his intention is to lead you in peace down that way of peace. Praise the Lord. Now, one thing about this is that you need to be spiritually minded. You know, I said to you a few minutes ago, you can't just go ahead and, you know, uh, be, be spirit man on spirit or spirit woman on Sunday and then go into mind mode for the rest of the week. No, you need to be spiritually minded. That means that even in your thought processes, you're spiritually minded, even in your thought processes. All right. I've done some research here. This is looking good and this is looking good. See, you don't stop doing research. You don't stop investigating things. But the number one thing that is allowed to trump everything else is what you have in here. Peace. Oh, yeah. Lack of peace. We ain't going there. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, the Bible says, Romans 8, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And you know what? You need to let peace guard your heart. Your God's intention is for his peace to guard your heart. Philippians 4, if you look at 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I was reading that the other day and I'm thinking, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Where have I heard that before? And I remember Proverbs 4 and especially this one out of the NLT, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life hallelujah so when you're guarding your heart how does your heart get guarded according to the new testament what we just read there that the peace of god that surpasses all understanding the peace of god that sometimes it'll surpass your understanding i mean you you have peace about something you think there's no way i could even be peaceful about this and yet you are because the peace of god surpasses understanding or, or it surpasses understanding in the sense that I've used the best of my understanding. I've used my gray matter the best I can use it. And it has brought me up to this point here where it seems that this is the way to go. And yet at the same time, when I check in here, it's telling me that this is the way to go. Why? Because the peace of God surpasses your understanding. You go ahead and use your understanding to, to the best of your ability. Absolutely. But you always know that the leading of peace inside of you can trump that and surpass that and can override that. Hallelujah. This is big. I know God's talking to somebody tonight. Lordy, Lordy. Whoa, hallelujah. Let peace rule in your heart. Check this out. This is Colossians 3 and verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
Think about this. The amplified classic of this verse says, let the peace of God act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Whoa, hallelujah. That the, the peace of God would act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. And when I see that word umpire, you know, as a baseball-loving guy, you know, I think of the man behind home plate calling the strikes, calling the balls. I think of them, him and his other partners that are calling safe and out, calling fair and foul. And I want you to know that the peace of God inside of you can be calling balls and strikes, can be calling fair and foul, can be calling safe and out for you. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the, the, the way you let the peace of God rule. That means you let the peace of God call the shots. You let the peace of God determine, do I go this way? Do I go that way? All right, fair, foul. The umpire is calling, is making his calls. Hallelujah. The Weymouth translation of that verse, Colossians 3.15, says this, let the peace which Christ gives settle all questionings in your hearts. Let the peace which Christ gives settle all questionings in your hearts. And let's go to one last verse because, you know, we, we always got, got more than we got time for. But let's skip 2 Timothy 2, 2. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 16. And we're going to close right here. Now may the Lord of peace himself... So, so, so what kind of Lord is he? What kind of God is he? He's a Lord of peace. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Now we see this. He is the Lord of peace. Now he, the Lord of peace, gives you peace. How often? Always. How many different ways? In every way. That means that there is absolutely no area, no aspect of life where God is not intending his peace to touch it and to get involved in it. He wants to go ahead and give you peace all the time, which means he doesn't want you to be at a state of not being in peace because if you're, if you're not at peace about something, that's the signal to go ahead and not go there. And when you decide to not go there, what happens? Peace is once again restored. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but you see that he'll give it to you in every way. He'll give you peace in every way. When it comes to relationships, whether to or whether not to, with him or with her. Peace. Boom. In every way. When it comes to financial decisions, peace. When it comes to what school to go to, peace. When it comes to what job to take, peace. 
in every way, in every possible way you can get peace. The God of peace himself is wanting to give it to you. And he's wanting to give it to you always and in every way. Or as my wife likes to say, always and in always. Praise the Lord, somebody. This is yours. This is not for deep spiritual people. If you are a child of God, you can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. And you just remember this. Remember the Israelites went and followed a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Well, I want you to know that pillar of fire is dwelling inside of you. God is a consuming fire. You've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that fire is in there to light the candle, just like that verse said that we alluded to earlier. And when the candle's lit, you can see where you're going. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah tonight. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you tonight. Your word is so beautiful, so good, so clear. And Father, you've you just laid something on us tonight that is really, really uh, uh, not, not just for uh, a, a nice little something for the moment, but Lord, this is for life. This is for living. And Lord, you have equipped us and prepared us with what we need to live the kind of life that you've called us to live. And Lord, you've equipped us always and in every way. <laughs> Glory to God. We have this, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. We can apply this to our life and experience absolute victory, absolute peace, absolute success in our walk with God and in our every aspect of our life. Hallelujah. Hey, I'll tell you, if you're here tonight or you're watching my live stream and uh, you say, wow, this God you're talking about sure sounds like he's good. Yeah, he is. And you know what? He's not just good to us. He's good to you. Before he, be, before you ever were around, before you ever were a sparkle in your parents' eye, before, before you were even thought about, Jesus died for you. Knowing that we all needed to be saved. Knowing that there was not one of us who had it all together. We were all members of the human race, members of this fallen race, and all in the same situation together. And he was thinking about you years before you ever thought of him. And he loved you with an everlasting love. Sent Jesus. The Father sent Jesus to die for you because he loved you that much. And you know what? You don't have to go another day without him. You can have Jesus change your life and make you a new person right here this very day. So if you know he's been tugging on your heart and you're ready to, to commit to him, he won't burn you. Oh, no, he'll, he'll be the most faithful best friend you could ever have. He won't ever let you down. Even when you let him down, he'll never let you down. He's so good and he's so faithful. So if you want to know Jesus tonight, pray this with me. Mean it with all your heart. We're not just mouthing words, 
This is a commitment. This is something from the heart. So I want you to pray this with your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Tonight, I turn my back on life as it has been. I repent. That means I'm making a U-turn. I'm going after you now, Lord. And I'm going after you with all my heart. And I receive tonight your gift of eternal life. And I will serve you and you alone for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that tonight and you're here in the room, please come on down and see us and let us know. If you are watching by live stream and you prayed that for the first time or you, you felt like your spiritual life got off the tracks and you need to get back on the tracks tonight, please call us. Let us know. You can reach us uh, uh, between uh, 8.30 and 4 p.m., 508-336-4110. We'd love to hear from you. Don't be shy about it. Because I got to tell you, he wasn't shy about you. Jesus died publicly, suffered publicly to be able to save you. So don't be shy about him. Call us and let us know about the decision you made to serve him. Amen. Praise God. What are you saying tonight? And uh, what we're going to do uh, in the, uh, the back of the sanctuary, right there on the tables, we've got offering containers, offering envelopes, and pens. So we encourage you to go ahead and uh, uh, give to the Lord what is rightfully his, the, the tithe that belongs to him, the offering the, that, that, uh, of your free will, the, the, the gift that, that is in you to give to the Lord that, that's above and beyond that. Uh, we want you to uh, take advantage of all our means of giving. We've got the, uh, uh, the app giving, Faith Sea Center, uh, text giving, and you can get started by calling that number, giving on the website, faithccenter.com slash giving. And then, of course, if you're making checks, you can make them payable to uh, uh, Faith Christian Center or just make it simple, FCC. Also, uh, those of you that are live streaming tonight, if you wanted to go ahead and mail in your check, you can just send that in to FCC 95 Sagamore Road, Seekonk, Massachusetts, 02771. We would love to be able to hear from you and uh, to, to just join our faith together with you as you're given to the Lord, that the Lord is going to go ahead and make sure that your needs are all taken care of and met to the fullest. Amen. Hey, y'all, we love you. So glad to be with you tonight. And we pray the blessings of the Lord on you. And tonight as we go, we're going to sing once again. I believe in you. I believe.